You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. 1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit City of Champions. Detroit City of Champions podcast. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison. And we are diving deep into a trilogy of books, Detroit City of Champions, and then two more editions all about the players. And six years in the making, seven years in the making. Something like between that. All I kind of lose count a little bit. Three of the <laughs> I gotta, books. Like, yeah, I got to think about it. I don't even know. I think it was seven years it took for it all to And uh, we, we've talked about the, the Tigers. Uh, we're talking about uh, Mickey Cochran, his impact. Uh, last time we talked about the players, just the amazing lineup of, of quirky players that kind of carried over from 33 into 34. Not a whole lot of changes going on, but a whole lot of change in the performance. And talking about seven years in the making for these books, do you know how many years in the making it was? Because uh, this was their first uh, championship. didn't come until 1935, so this was their first many, kick yeah, at the cat. It was many years in the making. How, how long were they a team? Do you know how long they were a team before? Uh, the Tigers? Yeah. 1901. 1901? Yep. All right, from the get-go, huh? Yep. And yeah, and then, yeah I mean, there was, yeah, because I mean, that, that's a whole interesting story into itself. And, you know, before we even jump into what we're talking about, I can dive into it a little just a hair. So, know. all right, so it was, what, 33 years in the making, 32 yeah. years in the, in the making yeah. to get to their first pennant. Well, that, well, here's the thing that well, in 1907, 1908, 1909, the Tigers went to the World Series oh, all they three did. times. Okay, they went all there right. three times. And a lot of fans think that they won at least one of those with yeah. Ty Cobb. They, yeah, Ty yeah. Cobb is such a yeah. iconic figure in Detroit sports history nope. that they just sort of assume, and that's not and it's not true at all. Uh-huh. 1907, uh, 1907, and 1908, they lost to the Cubs. Uh, in 1909, they lost to the Pirates. Mm. So it was, and it gets, you know, so it was, uh, yeah, they lost all three. Um, and really, th- those World Series, them getting to the World Series with Cobb and all that was really what made the Tigers such an institution in Detroit. Right. You know, they were a legitimate competitive team with Ty Cobb and, and all that. And, um, you know, it's when it's when Cobb left the Tigers in 1924 right. that, like, that the team just became rudderless. I mean, it yeah. was really just a floundering, you know, it was really a, somewhat of a floundering organization after that point. And, and it was that was really the dark age for the Tigers was between the 1924 when Cobb left and in really 1934 a 10 year span where they were just who were they there was no identity to this team right there was and nobody. then you get a lot of droughts I mean the Tigers they're they're a team uh, team with some shining moments and then uh, a lot of droughts we're living through another one right now it's ugly. It's ugly. <laughs> we're in the midst of another yeah. drought uh, right now but that that took us from. You know those those good years. You're not wrong. It seems like the whole history of of, of uh, the Tigers, especially, has been one of um, where they have these huge droughts, yeah. and then like that when they do come out of nowhere, so to speak, there's like two, three, just like incredible, like magical years, and yeah. everybody gets really you know super excited. And it's like the defining moment of many people's lives was like well, I can't even tell you how many stories I've heard, especially on the road selling books at art shows and stuff like this, where. Oh, I was there at the '68, you know, World Series. I was there. I mean, it seems like I think there was like must have been like two hundred thousand fans sure. at that game, those games, because there was everybody has been there. You know? The last time we won was nineteen eighty four. It's been a drought. I mean, we've been to the World oh. Series a couple times in yeah. the two thousands, but the last time we won, you know, it's been a drought since then. Since yeah, then as well. Yeah, I remember that. I was uh, I was I graduated high school in nineteen eighty four, and uh, I got a job working at Domino's Pizza. There you go. Uh, yeah. And it was like nuts because Tom Monahan owned Domino's, and that was the year he bought the Tigers. And so we got to switch our uniforms from Domino's pizza hats to Detroit Tiger yeah. hats. We thought we were very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. And the city that was just cool. like – there was a there was a mania for the Tigers. Oh, yeah. And then there was a mania for Domino's pizza. We were crazy busy during the series. And then I've that- read Tom Monahan's autobiography, and he um, he said – it's called Pizza Tiger. Great book if anyone wants to read it. Yeah. And, and – uh, um, he talks about he he was just talking about how he bought the team. Yeah, fascinating story just into itself. But um, but uh, also how how uh, the Tigers made Domino's literally a household name across right. the country. And yeah, yeah I mean yeah. it was it was already big. It was already yeah. on its way towards that point. But it, but the you know by by him buying 
uh, you know, that well, dominoes being associated with the Tigers, you know, it really does. You know, there is something to that idea of a, you know, a branding sponsorship with the, uh, you know what I mean? Like with it being associated with a team like that, yeah. it really, you know, it just exploded the name dominoes across the country. We had, uh, so one of the guys I worked with um, at the stores I was at in the suburbs, Jay Kirstein, I think, Jay, Jay. I want to say Kirstein, but he was the man. He became the manager of the 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 the, the Michigan Avenue store, okay. the one right across from Tiger Stadium. That oh, was kind geez, of, yeah. That was a big deal to yeah. be the manager of the the stadium oh, store. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and this was after this was year you know a handful of years after after '84. But uh, you know we'd go in there and they 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 the, the trophy was there. Yeah. Uh, and they had you know special rooms and stuff. And it was it was cool. So Jay, we got to see that. Um, it was kind of cool being that close to the stadium sure. and all the, the memorabilia and stuff that that was there, and that was a really cool experience. Um, but we've had a hell of a drought since '84. It's been ugly. I mean, um, I mean the, the two thousand like, again, the two thousands. You know, the Tigers went to the World Series a couple times. It well, was it was the one year time. they were actually, awful. Yeah, it was it was awful the one year, and then yeah. the year they went to the series. Two thousand. Well, they won in two thousand six, and then man, I, 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 I hate. Uh, I think it was two thousand twelve was the next one. There was, yeah. there was another one after. I think it was. Three they times. had a horrific season, yeah. and then the next season, everybody was like, "Yeah, whatever." And then they made it to the series, yeah, because um, we went uh, some of my high school friends, and they uh, they you know it's like uh, that one of their companies had suites, and it was like the beginning of the year, and it's like, oh, we got we got to see two or three games at the beginning yeah. of the year from the suites, and then they started winning. Yeah, and it's like our our sweet our sweet parties were done because yeah, yeah. people people wanted to go again. Sure, you know? I, I kind of like when a team's failing because you, a, you get cheap tickets. Yeah, I say that in a book. <laughs> my friend, one of my friends, Kevin Bush, I say that he he tells me he was like, "Oh man, I miss the the old days where the tickets were crappy because it was." So much easier to get tickets. Yeah. Like you could have your whole section to yourself. Because I like going. Because you know the <laughs> Detroit City of Champions. We're going to be talking about uh, you know the Red Wings. And we're going to be talking about the Lions uh, and just all the other thirty-two championships that were won. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, in nineteen thirty-five, um, I like to go to at least one major sporting event for each team every year. I'm not yeah. a sport, and I told you, I'm not a sports guy. I just I just love the city. I love the teams. Sure. I love the atmosphere. And I love going, and that's that's all Detroit had going for it was the love of the sport itself because we weren't yeah. champions in thirty two. Yeah, or I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It's just like it's you know these people got excited about it. It was something yeah. to get really because I mean you're in the middle of the Great Depression again. You know the, the attendance was was fading dr- terribly in nineteen thirty three. It was yeah. at its worst level since nineteen oh seven. Right. And uh, you know, the, again, these you know, it's, it's the it's the middle of the Great Depression. They got better things to spend their money on than watching a terrible team every day. You yeah. know, so. But then all of a sudden, when you know Mickey Cochran comes to town and he's like, "We're going to the World Series, get ready!" You know? Yeah, we're like, winning the pennant. And yeah, they're and like, then, "Okay," yeah. and then they did. And then they start as soon as they started winning, all these fans started to get really excited, and they started, uh, you know, coming. To, you know, I mean, it was something to get excited about. You right, know? right. And, and when there's when there's no excitement, when everything's just you know down and everything, kind of like a, you know, it's a tough time now. You know, if something yeah. comes out right now and it sparks a, a, a huge bit of enthusiasm. You know, people are going to gravitate toward it. Watch and see. The next thing that comes out right now that's sort of – that has any – that's not polarized, that has some kind of a universal appeal that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that you're going to see everybody just get really excited. I think it's, it's something kind of like that with like the whole I've, – I've been in the, getting in the stock market and like Tesla like has just been out of control. Yeah. And it's something like that. I think it's like that too when there's something exciting in a time where, every, where everywhere you turn is negative and dark and everything's falling apart. You know, then you're something exciting. Everybody gravitates towards it, towards the benefit of that particular thing. Yeah. And that's how really what the Tigers in 34 was all of a sudden, like, man, they're the most exciting thing that there was. And everybody's right. just pouring into games. I mean, I have all these photos in here where, where uh, you know, the fans back then, if the, if there wasn't enough seating for fans, well, they ain't going to turn you away. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the money. yeah, yeah, yeah. There so was there, the fire marshal wasn't yeah, shutting so, stuff down back then. Yeah, so, they, <laughs> so yeah, they're not shutting anything down. So, no. so all they did was they rope off sections of the outfield so the fans would have to sit behind it. as are just a tremendous photos in the second book. Where you actually have police on horseback on the field, <laughs> keeping the keeping the fans from getting any further than the little two foot perimeter that's roped off. You I know? love it. And in that case, that wasn't even roped off. They just had fans sitting with their backs against the outfield wall. So much for the, the warning track. That's the it's warning Steve's track. Face. Yeah, exactly. That's how exactly. <laughs> and I actually wrote in a section in a, in the, the movie where Joe Lewis in thirty four nineteen thirty four is at a Tiger game yeah. like that. 
um, where he's actually in the, you know, part of the overflow crowd and he actually sees a Hank Greenberg home run getting hit. And then like, and then in another episode <clears> of the movie, you see it from a different perspective, which is Hank Greenberg hitting the home run. You okay. know, the same scene from like Hank's perspective in a, you know, in a different, um, section. So that's what I mean. So it was, it was interesting, you know? So yeah, 1934 though, they, they cinched the, the pennant. Uh, with a good handful of games to go. So there was excitement. So Detroit knew, you know, hey, we're going to the World Series, yeah. right? And so there's like, you had, you had like these pregame games, yeah. which were probably pretty exciting. People just coming to them and filling the stands, knowing they're not going to get a World Series ticket, but we get to see this World Series sure. team. Sure. And, uh, so the, it, it, the city just had to be on fire there Tigers those last for a week. It was Tigers Mania. Absolutely. It was Tigers Mania and going into the World Series. And then, um, and that, you know, it kind of introduces the, you know, the, the, the World Series itself, which is this with the, the St. Louis Cardinals in 1934. So they faced the Cardinals. The, the St. Louis Cardinals. And the thing about the Cardinals, and that's what's so interesting about the Tiger, Detroit Tiger history is yeah. we have these, this was, we have these histories with these specific teams. You know, with the Tigers, they faced the Cubs in 1907, 1908. Um, and then, uh, and then, and we face them again in 1935, and then we, and then they, we face the Cubs again in the 1945 World Series. So there's, so we play the Cubs four times. I like the know, wings the with Series. the Avalanche. You it, just have these rivalries. Yeah, but they stretch over a hundred years, <laughs> you know. And then, so the same thing with the Cardinals. Yeah. And by the way, the 1984, the Tigers should have faced the Cubs in the 1984 World Series. Oh. The Cubs were one of the best teams in the National League. Yeah. In the San Diego, just you know, beat them in the in the in the last round right before the World Series. Oh. You know, in the and so that's what I'm saying. Like it would have been, a, it almost was another Tigers Cubs matchup wow. in 1984. Like how cool would that have been? Uh, yeah. But the same with the Cardinals. Look at the Cardinals face the Cardinals in 34 face uh, uh, face the Cardinals in 68 mm-hmm. and face the Cardinals again in 2006. I okay. mean, it stretches, you know, the same team. The Tigers yeah. haven't been to the World Series 50 times. You can yeah, go to, yeah. oh, well, it's, you know, they face a, you know, a bunch of teams a bunch of times, you know. Yeah. But no, it was, they've been in this World Series a certain amount of times and it's been like 40% <laughs> with the Cardinals, 40%, you know, whatever, you know, high, high percentage were against the same team. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. You have this rivalry, World Series rivalry that stretches over 100 years. And in this case, this is really where the rivalry with the Cardinals begins is uh. 34. Well, let's break down this heartbreak because uh, you said you you talked you to a away woman. The entire end of the show. Oh. <laughs> it's all good. I we just know. Because you said you spoiler met this. Spoiler alert! You met the, yeah. We spoiler know. alert! <laughs> supposed to say spoiler when you're giving spoiler away. Spoiler alert! <laughs> well, if somebody's listening to this, come on, they're listening. We got like ten thousand listeners. They gotta least. know. They gotta know. They gotta know that it was you know. Yeah, 30, no, you're right. We've already given it away a little bit. But uh, so you said you were at one of the art fairs and uh, you you had met a woman because a lot of times you sell these books uh, at an art fair and you yeah. met a woman who was at the 34. Yeah, she, she remembers was like 90 34. Or something. It was a few years ago. Yeah, and she said it was still the biggest yeah. heartbreak in her life. What was that? Yeah, she was like, I know they. You know, I was like, yeah, the Tigers and all them won. I, you know, when it's somebody that's you know looks like they you know may have been there, you know, yeah. I you know I, I actually kind of defer to them to, to you know to to see you know they'll they'll look at the newspaper, the old newspaper, because I usually have the original when I do the shows, yeah. And so the old news, they'll they'll look at this old newspaper and um and they'll like and I'll be like, see anybody you recognize, you know? And they they will, they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah I remember this person. So, um, but uh, but she was like. She's like, I still haven't gotten over the the thirty four World Series. She's like, they won in thirty five, but she goes, I it was that it was that much of a disappointment. And, yeah. I'm, and that's, I, I think that's one of the goals of this episode is that I want to try to portray in this is to just show just how much of a heartbreak it was. You know, we went all the way to we went seven seven games. games. So what game number one? Set me up game number one. Well, so just to let you know, just to take you up to game number one, just like you know, once again, let's just you know, phrase is there, the context. Is there, of is there it. a play? Was there a, a like today? There's like a, a bazillion playoff games. No, there was none. So it was like no. all right. So the you had the best was record. The playoff. So yeah, yeah. So you had the best record. Yeah, you won the pennant. You're going to the series. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. That, that, that's kind of like why, you know, baseball, one of the things that I think baseball needs to, you know, a lot of, they, they, they you know, they, they add play this year. In fact, they've added more playoff teams to it. So it's, I think it's 16 out of 30 teams go to the playoffs, which is like, you know what I mean? Like it waters it down. Like it waters down the importance of it, I think. Right. Um, but that's, that's why it's so interesting about back in the day was like you played for, you know, you played all season long. And then if you had the best record at the end, you won the pennant and you're headed to the World Series. Okay. So it made every single game all year long, incredibly important, okay. incredibly important, especially imagine a nail, you know, imagine a pennant race at the end of the year, 
You know, you played all summer long, and it's come down to two teams that are battling it out. Game, you know, there's only a half a game between them, and they're, you know, everybody's just literally staring at the box scores every day to right. see which team won, who got the hits. I mean, it, it you're intensified not playing, every single game throughout the entire year. You're not playing to make the playoffs. You're playing for the to world win. to go to the World Series. So yeah. it, that's there, there's a different mind. I'm sure there's a different totally, mindset, yeah. and a different approach to managing that sort of that sort yeah. of thing. Well, that's probably well, that's your other thing. It we is my go, other we thing. Go yeah, we yeah, on we, that. Don't, we got to stay a little bit away from the modern day <laughs> analytics because I'll start. Yeah, things will change. You yeah. know, in a hurry. But it, but you get the idea. The idea being like you know think about it like this. Like you know the modern day. You know you have a to, to get to the playoffs. You know you win your division and there's three divisions. You win your division and you go to the you go to the playoffs. Um, but there's, you know, they add, but because there's only three divisions, they add what's called a wild card team to the mix. And so the wild card team, you know, originally, like they, there was an abnormal number of wild card teams that were going to the World Series. Excuse me, going to the World Series. Yeah. So what they had to do was they wanted to make it just add like a little bit of a hindrance for these wild card teams to go to the world to the playoffs. So what they did was they added a second wild card team. So now the way that it is is the top three division winners go to the playoffs. And then the next two teams with the next best records face each other in a one-game playoff to decide who actually goes to the full-on playoffs. Mm. But so what happens is is that you know these teams going down to the wire, you know, with like maybe twenty, thirty, you know, at the trading deadline, however many games there is left in that, like forty games, it's almost like there's not really incentive to like sell out and like trade like a top prospect or whatever to try to make that one-game playoff because it's such a coin toss. And so that's so you see what I'm saying like so yeah. it's almost like they just go well if we make it we make it you know it, yeah. it's I mean it's exciting I mean they, people there's an, it's intense but they don't really you know it, it's a it's a different mindset if you, if there's a whole year riding on like yeah. just a handful of games if you win you win you know there's there's a ton of money to be made in playoff games so it's not something that'll ever go away right um, but uh, but in this case like I say it's you know this is this you know this is the situation is you got the Tigers who have made this incredible rise this just on like. You know, just ride where they've taken fans on this journey through an entire season. They've knocked off the New York Yankees yeah. with Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Tony Lazari, Bill Dickey. Bill Dickey's one of the best catchers of all time. Bill Dickey's amazing. And, you know, they lefty Gomez. I mean, lefty is all talking about Schoolboy Row, Tommy Bridges, and we're about to talk about um, uh, Dizzy Dean in a big way. Uh, you know, the best pitchers in baseball, but lefty Gomez for the Yankees. How are you like he's one of the best? If he's not, he's probably better than all of them. Yeah. Lefty Gomez is like the guy, and they beat him. Yeah. You know, I mean, they they just saying like they knocked off the mighty Yankees and got through. You know, bad, I mean, the whole year it's Yankees Tigers, Yankees Tigers. That's all the speculation, and they get past the Yankees. So the fan, you know, like so the they've taken the fans in this incredible out of nowhere journey, you know, to the World Series, and now here they are. Yeah, you see, like I mean, they're this is now they're playing for all. Now they're like, you know, this is not just bonus round. Like now it's like, please God, you know, finish <laughs> off this season yeah. with an incredible exclamation point yeah. to finish this story. And that's really where we where we jump into the you know to who, to who they face. And that's really I think the who they face in the. In the context of who these like pitchers were, you know, the players were, and all this, it, I think it really draws you into the dynamic of this World Series, which which is just fascinating. And as I we already mentioned, the, the number one, the, you know, the pitcher uh, Dizzy Dean, and right. it starts with Dizzy Dean. It's unquestionably begin the story of the 1934 World Series begins with Dizzy Dean. Dizzy Dean, uh, I've got it written. He's got numerous situations. 1934 uh, uh, MVP right. for the for the National League. Whereas that the Tigers have Mickey Cochran, the 1934 American League MVP. So he's the most outstanding athlete of the year mm. by the Associated Press. Um, that's the award that Joe Lewis would win in right. 1935 in the subsequent year. And he's on the and he would be on the cover of Time Magazine in 1935, just like Mickey Cochran, cover of Time Magazine, mm. sports writer. So it shows you like what Mickey Cochran was to the Tigers. Dizzy Dean, this pitcher, was to the Cardinals. Okay. And so he in thir- 1934 he wins 30 games. Which I forgot what we say. There's 154 games that year. Was it 152? I thought 152. It's uh, something like so, that. So yeah, we, we got to balance. But anyways, like he he won 30 of those games. Yeah. So that's what is that one? What's one? You're the man. You're the teacher. What's oh, one? 150. My impression there would 30? be no what man. Is that, one, <laughs> one fifth. What is that? One fifth of the games he won. Yeah. I mean, whatever that is. Yeah. Like 150 out of 30. I mean, it's a lot of games. Yeah. One thirty yeah. of them out of 150 or whatever. So it's a lot of games that he wins. And, and but besides that, besides just the wins, you know, besides the fact that he's this dominant pitcher, is Dizzy Dean has this. He has got the of like you talk about athletes with swagger nowadays, or with this like uh, like a Muhammad Ali like you know brash talking, predicting what they're gonna you know saying what they're gonna do and then going and doing it. 
um, you know, these these type of athletes where they're just they're they're like almost like showboats, mm-hmm. but they do it because they're so much better than everybody else. That when they do it, they're like, I told you I was going to do it. This is like another day at the office. You know, like they have so much confidence in themselves and swagger and brashness. That was Dizzy Dean. Like, I mean, in every way, like it's he just he was that he was that he was always a showman on the mound um, and, and just incredibly I mean, people, you know, borderline arrogant. I mean, but at the same time, you know, like I say, but everybody loved him in that regard. You see what I'm saying? He was right. like this, uh, like this brash pitcher. But anyways, so and then b- besides that, he's got his brother Paul on the team and he's the second best pitcher on the team, Paul Dean. <laughs> so you got Dizzy and Paul and they called, they, they, they tried to attach the name uh, um, Dazzy to Paul. So it was like Dizzy and Dazzy yeah, Dean. Yeah. But um, but 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 Paul, Paul it was just Paul just generally Paul, yeah, he, he didn't really necessarily, it didn't really stick too well. Yeah. But because Paul was sort of sort of a laid back, more of a laid back character in comparison to his brother Dizzy, who was just this like, I mean, just this you know nutcase really, <laughs> um, you know, just a, just a just a character. A character is a better word than a nutcase. He's just a total character. And so, but so, the, anyways, this you know he lead, uh, Dizzy Lee is like. The team sort of like takes on this personality of Dizzy Dean, and they're like, I mean, Dizzy Dizzy's from uh, down south. He's from uh, Arkansas, which is the same place as uh, Schoolboy Rowe, so from down south. And there's sort of like, you know, with the rise of Dizzy Dean and Schoolboy Rowe, there was this sort of like a almost like a folklore that was created around these guys. That like you have these, you know, that, that any kid like from you know down south farm boy could grow up to become the idol of millions, you know, like there was this sort of folklore that developed around them. And, uh, you know, that's like I say, that's that, you know, that it's with Dizzy, you know, he's like, you know, that this team be, takes on this personality. So whereas that, you know, the Tigers are a bunch of scrappers or a bunch of guys led by this, you know, winningest guy, Mickey Cochran, the Cardinals were different because they were like, it was almost like they were, you know, they would show up to games wearing, you know, with dirty uniforms from the game before they like, they like embrace this like dirty dog, uh, you know, foul, terribly foul mouth. We're gonna <laughs> spike you in the game, like you know, just we're not we're gonna do anything we can to win. Like total scrapper type mentality. Yeah. And the, you know, the nickname of this team of this thirty four uh, of these uh, these Cardinals is the Gas House Gang. They call it. It's, it's one of the most almost like myth. Uh, you know, it's like a team that's almost like shrouded in mythology, legendary, really. Uh, but they call them the Gas House Gang, and there's so many different theories as to why they call them the Gas House Gang. Dizzy Dean owned a, a gas station, and they would say all these guys hung out there. The Gas House Gang. Another theory is that the, you know there was a term term called a Gas House back in the 30s, which referred to people that lived like near like a, a coal processing plant, which was like the underprivileged area, which you know. You know, like they lived there, a bunch of gas housers type of yeah. thing. Um, but there, there's a bunch of different theories. Nothing's ever been like nailed in stone as to why they called them the Gas House Gang. But that was the, but that was their identity, and they were like this total bunch of, just a bunch of you know scrappers in that. So, so you know, here's you know here's the Tigers coming into the World Series, and that's who they're facing mm. is this bunch of ruffians, you know, like a bunch of freaking. Um, you know, a bunch of freaking toughs, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's, that's what they're, you know, led by this guy who shows up in the, like one of the first days of batting practice the Tigers are taking batting practice and he's wearing, and he's got this tiger skin rug on his shoulders. Dizzy, <laughs> do I have to mention Dizzy Dean wearing this tiger rug on his back? He's like, I already skinned me a tiger oh already. Like he's like just that's that, fantastic. he's a character. Yeah. He's a what total a character. Yeah. So he you knows that's what I mean. So you know, this is the guy that the Tigers have to beat. Is this guy who is like this invincible pitcher this year, right. who is just like, and he's telling the world, you know, just to give you another example, of how good, you know, a dominant level of he, he actually at one point said that they were gonna, that him and his brother were gonna win forty five games in nineteen, which is an unheard of number of, of wins. And um, and and uh, or forty, I think he said four, uh, he said forty forty wins total, and. Uh, and they, uh, uh, no, it was. He predicted that they were going to win forty-five. And on the day, so this on this one particular day, both both players, like Dizzy, they they each needed one more win to get to this forty-five total. He said, "Me and me and Paul are going to win forty-five this year, forty-five games." And on the day that they were scheduled to basically win this forty, they're, they're each of them, you know, if each of them had won, it would have equaled forty-five total games. Dizzy Dean, it was a doubleheader that they both pitched, two games in the same day. In that morning, in the first half of the doubleheader, Dizzy throw, almost throws a no-hitter and only loses it in the ninth and oh. throws a complete game shutout to, to get to game number 44 that the two of them had won ah. together. And then in the, and then the, uh, and then the nightcap, the, the second game, 
his brother Paul does throw a no hitter to win the forty fifth game. Like that's the kind of season they had. Was this, I mean, they had their own sort of magical run right. uh, in, in this year. And so you know they come into this game again just totally swagger. And there's also one more element that is essential to understand about um, about this World Series mm-hmm. uh, is, and it really it's not talked about anywhere. Um, which is the which is the historical connections between Mickey Cochran and this team? Okay, I love I love when you say that. Yeah, it's well, like because this isn't written about anywhere. Sorry, oh, it's, so it's really Mickey not. Cochran and, yeah. connected to St. Louis. Yeah, this, so his connection is is that the is that when he was with the Philadelphia A's in 1931. So the the the, uh, the, the uh, Philadelphia A's went to three consecutive World Series, as we've <laughs> mentioned, right? Yeah. And so 1929, 1930, they won the, the these two World Series, and then in 31, they it was their third straight World Series appearance and they lost and in this particular world dizzy dean wasn't part of that world series he was just like a he was very early he was right in the beginning of his career and so he didn't pitch in that world series but there's a guy named pepper martin who was and pepper martin um has one of the best world series Mm. in baseball history i mean whatever he i mean Leading hitter, leading run, you know, scored the most, leading run producer, like, you know, scoring the most runs of anybody in the World Series, led in the hits, doubles, RBIs, and, and most in particular, where really how it attaches to Mickey Cochran is his stolen bases. Mm. He had stolen five stolen bases. Pepper Martin stole five. This guy's nickname is the Wild Horse of the, o- the, the Osage. Okay. The Wild Horse. Okay. This, you know, like this, so this, he ran wild. He ran for, stole five bases. And who's the catcher? Mickey Cochran. Ah. So, so Mickey, you know, takes lo- losing incredibly hard. Uh, you know, and yeah. um, you know, he, so he's so they're going in the World Series, and this is a this is a, a sec, you know, a chance for Mickey to revenge this awful, you know, awful display uh, from the 1931 World Series where Pepper Martin ran all over the place. Uh-huh. You know, so a chance for redemption, so to speak, right? Uh, with them, so it kind of sets up. You know, it's. Um, and I actually kind of one of the the themes that I have in the in the movie with with this with Mickey Cochran is like you know that he's actually kind of tormented by this because he was such like an intense winner loser it, it'd be uh it would be hard to not you know imagine that he would be um you know he certainly remember what Pepper Martin did to him in the thirty one World Series and be like there's no chance he's doing that to me again <laughs> um right. you know whether he was tormented by it or not I don't know but he was definitely it was definitely in his mind. So anyways, it sort of sets up the situation here. So you've got like two teams that basically have had these magical runs, uh, you know, through their through their seasons and they're they're colliding in the World Series and only one of them can win. Mm. So um yeah, so it's a, you know, game 1 of the World Series at Detroit, uh Dizzy Dean versus General Crowder. Dizzy okay. Tiger uh, the Cardinals win first game, game 1, Ugh. 8 to 3. They get beat. So um Dizzy Dean complete game, General Crowder five innings pitch. Doesn't have that uh uh, the magic that he'd had thus far in the season, right, right. Um, and then so uh, where it gets interesting. So game number two, the Tigers even the even the score, and this is like there's a couple of interesting components I think in this game. But go we, ahead. I'm we sorry. lost no, but we lost somebody right coming into the game. One of the one of the key players for the Tigers was injured. Uh, was somebody injured? And then not the, that not nothing, no not thirty four no, thirty five yeah thirty five okay. thirty five right. was the big yeah that was yeah that was a um, I don't know if we want to do a spoiler alert now but that was, right. that's a key component of that yeah, entire yeah, story yeah 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 okay but uh, anyways so that so no they're they're relatively healthy as far as I you know, I mean unless I missed something okay but, um, no 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 I, I got yeah I, yeah, I don't know yeah, so I got no. confused I knew there was a player they got but that was for the thirty five yeah it was thirty five right. yeah um, so the team was pretty intact they were pretty healthy coming into yeah, this. They, yeah they had, I mean they had as good a shot as any okay I mean, they're ready to well, that's go. good you yeah. know it's like yeah. it, and it, God especially then you know because it's like it was yeah. like you said St Louis they're coming in with their spikes up and oh it's they're, it's they're a looking battle. to take Mickey, out. Mickey himself. He doesn't let people score. Oh, yeah, we already talked about yeah. with um with uh, Ray, Ray uh, you know Hayworth in the in the last uh, in the episode, <laughs> whatever. Ray Hayworth, how he, they didn't like people scoring runs on them, so they would you know hit the player as they came in, <laughs> catch the ball, and then tag them. Yeah, you know, yeah like yeah. that. You know, now now you, you're not allowed to run into the catcher. Right, right. But back then, and really up until a few years ago, catchers used to get exploded at home plate because <laughs> the player would be coming around. You know, from third and just barrel into him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Deion, uh, Deion Sanders, you know, football player. I think Bo Jackson <laughs> crushed a catcher too one time. And he's a, you know, f- f- football player. And they know how to hit. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so Mickey was famous for that. He would, yeah. he was famous for, for, uh, taking the hit. But, and it, then, but still getting that out at home plate because the ball would be a split second or two seconds later and he'd take yeah. the hit, then apply the tag. So, amazingly healthy going into this yeah. series. Considering second, all that, yeah. Second game, who was on the mound for us? 
in the second, second game? Second game, you got Schoolboy Row going oh. against, yeah, uh, Schoolboy Row going. That's a boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyways, um, in this case, in this game, this is what, this is a, a fascinating element of the game because, uh, the game goes 12 innings. Oh my God. Yes. And Schoolboy Row goes all 12 innings. Ugh. Pitches a complete game. Tigers win, uh, three to two. And the and Schoolboy Row goes the full twelve innings, Jeez. and this is what like say is that, I mean, that's what just going to be unheard of. This is what it's unheard of. It's unheard of for a twelve inning complete game. <laughs> you know, in the normal game is nine innings. He pitches twelve. Right, right. Complete game. You know, the Tigers win three two. How many and, how many pitchers today pitch twelve innings? Psh, come on, in a in a <laughs> in month, two games in a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, dude. So that's what I'm saying. Like in you know Row, you know, he's you know he pitches all you know the whole series. He's there, and then it's in thirty five he pitches is even more like he's coming on in relief in you know a couple games later and stuff or i think he comes on a relief like the day after one yeah. of the games he started so but yeah so he pitches the 12 12 innings but this is you know bringing g walker you bring in the this is a g walker the moment stars yeah but you know g walker we were talking about him as you know this character that you know he was equally capable of being a hero one second yeah and then a complete goat the next <laughs> you know goat in the old way now they say goat it meaning like greatest, greatest. of all time but in this sense, meaning like one second he's getting you know the you know cheers and every and then the next second he's being booed by the same people for some horrible <laughs> mistake. And here we go right here. So this is and it's a perfect example of G Walker. Right? Yeah, yeah. Perfect example in this game too. Okay. So the so I'm going to set the situation. Tigers are down two to one in the ninth. Two to one in the ninth. Oh. Okay. So so uh, so um, uh, Pete Fox gets on first base with a single. There's life. Okay, schoolboy roll comes up, still in the game, ninth yeah. inning, pitching yeah. and hitting. <laughs> and he comes up, lays down a bunt, advances Pete Fox to second. Nice. Tying runs on second base. G. Walker comes in the game as a pinch hitter to place JoJo White. Okay. And he comes up to bat, laces a single into the outfield. Well, actually, let me say let me set it back. At first, he pops the ball up mm-hmm. and it lands in the in the first baseman and catcher mistake each other like basically bump into each other Ugh. so the ball lands foul it should have been caught easy out by the thing yeah, yeah. And so the ball draws foul and, the, and so he's there's still life in him he should have been out in that moment but then said you know already given it away uh, that the very next like a pitch or two later he laces the single and the, the game tying run scores oh he's a hero this is, oh at, my this is in detroit you know the fans are going insane yeah, gene yeah, walker yeah, yeah. our favorite player just scored you know <laughs> drove in the tying run it's the ninth inning yeah. keep in mind the ninth inning this is the game that tie, this is the run that ties the ties the game and then just a pitch or two later uh thrown out at first by the pitcher ah. the pitcher <laughs> gets tagged out at first gets picked off on first base oh my god just a, like a pitch you know pitcher two later he gets t- he gets thrown out at first base <laughs> so one second he's just tied the, the game yeah, in the yeah, ninth yeah, yeah. the game two of the world series Ties it in the ninth with this ama- after this crazy bit of luck where the ball drops fall. So he's a hero. Oh, G Walker, we love you. And then the next second, he's tagged out at first. <laughs> just you know. encapsulate his career entirely. That's it right there. That's, that's what I'm saying. That, you know, just to bring in his story into these key moments where they yeah. go, he's the greatest ever. We love G. And then the next second, tagged out at first. <laughs> and it's a horrible play. <laughs> so but at like, least we were tied up. Well, now we're tied, yeah, you know, yeah, going yeah. into the extra innings. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, that's really, like, they're, they're just the maddening element of, of yeah. that player was yeah. like, you know, they you know, they couldn't, they, sh- I, I just, look back and just go you know knowing they knew that too they knew that type of player that he was and for years he had been like that <laughs> you gotta wonder what he's walking back in the dugout well there you go again g thanks a lot <laughs> way to go but you don't know whether to you know to hug him and <laughs> yeah. shake his hand or to friggin' smack him inside the head what do you do what he doesn't saying? that's like the type of character yeah. he was and in fact there was a there's a great article that um tied in which is a, it was from a couple years earlier that uh that the the uh, Bucky Harris, the the previous manager, had tried to uh, they tried to tame him. They tried. It's a fantastic. I love the quote because uh, they tried to tame G Walker and just say, "Listen, every time you get on base, you're not to steal. Every time you do this, you're not to do this." They tried to like to reg, you know, to put the, to frame his, you know, to to be like, to, you know, to to tamper that, you sure, know, the wildness sure. of him, uh, you know, in in. And so he and he has a horrible year that, <laughs> that particular year, dreadful, you know, media, very, very mediocre year. Yeah. And so this guy says in there, he says, 
Look what they did to G. Walker. They've turned the wild Mustang of the range into old Dobbin. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, like every, you know, they're, he says in this quote, is in the second book, he says, you don't win, you don't win a race with old Dobbin. Uh, you don't win the race with the wild Mustang of the range. You see, like, it was just, but that was just the way he said, you don't win it with old Dobbin. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I just oh. love, but I always love that terminology. He's like, the, you, know, you don't win Dobbin. a race with old Dobbin. You win now a race with the Dobbin's wild. Now old Dobbin's not going to do you no good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you know, he says, he's like, he goes, you're not going to win a race with old Dobbin. And he's like, he's like, you know, everybody, you know, drives everybody crazy. But you know, at least he has the half moment of greatness, where sure. some players don't even have that. Right. That's sort of the that's sort of the point. And Connie Mack actually made that point about him too. So the extra innings was anything? Uh, yeah, got so us the, through the those final, extras. Yeah, finally the Tigers win the extra innings. Goose Gosselin singles in Charlie Garinger for the winning run. Tigers win. St- uh, you know, series is even. Uh, headed into St. Louis, and then they get to St. Louis. Um, uh, Tigers, Tigers uh, beat the Cardinals two, uh, th- th- uh, four to one. Mm-hmm. Tommy Britt, or, 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 I'm sorry, I, t- I take that back. Cardinals beat the Tigers four to one. Ooh. Paul Dean is the winning pitcher. Tommy Bridge is the losing pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, Hank Greenberg with an RBI triple is the only run of that uh, the, the Tigers score. Paul Dean has a complete game. Tommy Bridges eight innings pitched. Uh, yeah, so t- uh, Cardinals are up two games to one at that point. All so right. Tigers said, you know, uh, Cardinals ahead in the series. Game four, um, still in St. Louis. Still in St. Louis. Uh, you have the uh, the the uh, El Knocker and the in the Tigers beat um, the player named Walker, pitcher named Walker, uh, ten to four. So Tigers win. They even up the series. Ooh, ten to monster four. Monster games. Monster yeah. games by Bill Rogel and Hank Greenberg with four RBIs and three RB, uh, three RBIs respectively. That's got to feel good on the road. Absolutely. So then you have you know El Knocker complete games. It t- Cardinals. It took them five pitchers to get through the game. Ah. Um, and then but here's an especially important element of this game was that at a, at a uh, um, at, at, at one point in the game, I forgot what inning it was, but at one point in the game, uh, the Cardinals get a man on first and, and, uh, Dizzy Dean enters the game as a pinch runner. Okay. Like their best player comes in as a pinch runner. Right? Okay. And so he comes in and then he, uh, there's a, there's a play at second base. There's a, a ball gets hit to second base. Charlie Garinger fields it, flips it to Bill Rogel at short. And Dizzy Dean's coming into second base, and he doesn't slide. He's like running face up, like he just runs in standing. Yeah. And Bill Rogel throws the ball, thinking that, uh, thinking that you know every player in the world mm. is going to slide into the bag at that moment. But except he most of your pitchers, except for Dizzy Dean, who's like really not a professional base runner. <laughs> right, right. And right. he gets hit in the head oh. so by this ball, and he gets. And there's this dramatic moment in St. Louis <laughs> where all the all the Cardinals gather him up like in like a gurney type of a situation, oh, no. and they. Carry poor Dizzy off. He's unconscious. They drag yeah, him off the field. He was dizzy after that. He's done. Yeah. He's like, you know, they're like, oh, God, tweet, Dizzy. Tweet, 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 yeah. tweet. the birds yeah. are on his So, head. like, you know, here's Dizzy. He's, you know, Dizzy's done. You know, oh, my God, uh, is Dizzy done or whatever. And there's, like, they call it an ap- apocryphal news news article, you know, saying, uh, like, the next day that the ex- the doctors x-ray his head and find nothing. That's, like, the, the, uh, the, like the, yeah, the yeah, joke yeah. of the day. But they, but he was fine. He came back and pitched the next day. Uh, he got oh. beat the next game in the in game five by uh, by Tommy Bridges. Um, uh, Tommy Bridges had his complete game. Dizzy Dean eight innings pitched. But at this moment now, the Tigers have taken that. Uh, the Tigers are um, ahead in the series three games to two. Game five. Where do we play that? Game five was in. Um, what do I have here? Uh, again, St. Louis. Okay. Yep, St. Louis. So the middle three take place. At- so yeah. So Tigers win two out of three in St. Louis. Nice. And um and so yes, I'm saying so now the Tigers are up three games to two. Uh oh, they're this is like you know they're 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 you know now they can maybe gamble a little bit in their in their right. play because uh um you know this like I say they're up in the series. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Good so we so, come back to Detroit for come back to Detroit game for six the, for game six and uh, this could be it. This could be it. This could be it. But unfortunately, it's not. So you have. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so Paul Dean and, and Schoolboy Roll both have complete games. Uh, and this, what's interesting about this game is uh, you have Paul Dean drives in the winning run, um, the winning run in the which it turns out to be the winning run in the seventh inning. Um, but the pitcher drives in the winning run, which is like one of my favorite things ever. Is like when pitchers can hit. Yeah, that's one of my that's one yeah, of the yeah. things I believe that baseball absolutely need. Like right now, like they're they're basically like they people blame pitchers like all oh, pitchers are so bad in baseball they can't hit. They pitchers can't hit really. But like whose fault is that? I mean, if you're not going to develop a pitcher to hit, why would you expect them to be able to hit? So the right. fault of that is not on the pitchers. The fault is on the. It's like saying you would have a different caliber and a different 
totally different dynamic yeah. of, of pitchers if they had to hit and run. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. Well, that's that's why I just I look at the the way that um, you know the 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 bringing the designated hitter into the American League. I've always viewed it as one of the worst things to ever happen to baseball. Um, I mean, I grew up with a designated hitter. I always used to think that it was great, but I grew my, up with a a, a, a traffic pylon. Yeah, yeah. that's a de- yeah. Not gonna not gonna always a t-ball. That's different. Yeah, that's but the, <laughs> but the idea with the designated hitter was that it could you know it would add it would add a you know like allow like you know older players to you know that can't play a position anymore to yeah. still be in the game. But the question is, is why is that so important? Why do you why is it so important to prolong a player's you know, a long time star's career. Why is why does the league have to do that? I've never. I mean, that's what the, my mentality is now. Like I used to th- agree with that mentality, but now it's like, isn't it better to have like the next big thing coming up and playing yeah. a position? Um, and then, uh, in, you know, it's like, uh, uh, with, and for pitchers, the dynamic that it used to be was that the you know these pitchers when you de- when you develop the when you, whenever you when you signed a pitcher, you know, knowing that you had the pitcher had to hit. If you it forced you to say, okay, this guy can pitch great. That's great. How can he hit? You yeah. know what I mean? So if you had a pitcher, you could have, you know, one guy who was like an elite pitcher, but a terrible hitter, right? But if you had a pitcher that was like sort of an average pitcher, but in an average hitter, you know what I mean? That's a whole different you know, like sure. it's almost like the 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 equal of that same pitcher. So you actually identify talent with the, with that sort of, you know with that in mind but what happened was is that they 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 basically just stopped evaluating pitchers on their ability to hit and, and or even developing pitchers' ability to hit and just completely focused on the pitching it, it's it's way 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 of an aside but it, it's it's just a trend in all sports um and there's so many like repetitive injuries because like back in the day way back you know you would the kids would play different sports and athletes would play different sports um you know even like in college you know the, you'd have the football team scrimmaging with the basketball team and you know there'd just be this thing now people are, are so specialized to a sport and then even specialized to a skill within that, it, that sport. exactly exactly and, and there's no depth to to the yeah. players it's, but it's it's exactly it's that's what i'm trying to say is that a lot of times that's why that's one of the things that i love about history is is how um is like a lot of times this is you know i, I again all the stuff i say like this i, I was in the, from the same mentality i used to think that like modern day sports we've learned so much and developed the you know our sports have evolved we yeah. use the word evolve like it's it's improved because of where we're you know it's almost like a modern arrogance we're a much better and more sophisticated game now than we ever were. But all these specialized people, there's not this dynamic. That's what I'm trying no, to say. There's you no take dynamics away to it. From those, you know, like one of the most incredible <clears throat> moments in baseball, you can take a look at this, you know, later on, um, is Bartolo Colon from the for, uh, the New York Mets. This is from like four years ago. Bartolo Colon is like this. This he's been he's he's just been a, he's been a, for the early part of his career he was just a tremendous pitcher, yeah. a fabulous pitcher. And and as he's he, and the guy I forgot how old he is now he's like fifty something you know <laughs> and he's still pitching and he's still you know serviceable he can still you know he's still decent and he's put on weight and he's a little larger now and he's uh-huh. uh, and and he's you know he's got this kind of you know big smile on his face and he's just a guy that everybody loves you know right, he just right. loves this guy and so it was a you know three four years ago. Bartolo Clone hits his first home run of his career, <laughs> right? I love and, it. And I'm telling you, if you want to see something special, anybody that most people watching the show have probably seen it because it's such. I mean, you look at it on YouTube, but it's like probably 20 million hits for this. Okay, <laughs> I've probably watched it myself 10 times because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. such an incredible moment. Yeah. Because when he hits this, he it's like the worst swing you ever seen, <laughs> right? It's like almost like a one handed swing, <laughs> and he just the ball, you know, is launched into the and, and the fans are just going insane. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then the announcer's going, "It's out of here, yeah. Bartolo." You know, yeah. it's it is so exciting in that moment, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, it, it might have been kind of a joke that this guy had hit his first career home run after like 15 years in the majors or something, but it's iconic. We're sitting here yeah. talking about now, oh, like yeah. that's what I mean. Like, the, and the, you know, but actually having games. Where the pitchers are, I mean, you know, if, if it, it, that's that's becomes, you know, again, you're using the word dynamic again, you know, that becomes a game game dynamic. You have a guy like, you know, Dizzy Dean was an was an awesome pitcher and really a ter- and not a very good hitter, a terrible hitter. But you have Schoolboy Rowe, who was a, you know, he, I don't think he was I, overall. I don't think he was as good as Dizzy Dean as a pitcher, but he was. A million times better as a hitter. Yeah. Just, I mean, one of the. I mean, he's one of the best. Like I say, the, the, I think I said this on another show, is that he wasn't just a good, uh, a good hitter. You know, a good hitting pitcher. He was one of the best hitters 
in baseball, just flat out. Like right. if, you, if you put him at first base, he would have been one of the best hitters in baseball. He was tremendous. Uh. And that's what I'm saying. So like, so now you got a guy, you know, with his schoolboy role, like that's a dynamic. Is a guy, I mean, his 16th win, schoolboy role drives in his own winning run to win uh. the 16th game like that, you know, and he was a yeah. legit hitter. So it wasn't a novelty. Right. You know what I mean? You actually had a guy that was like, you know, imagine that kind of experience where the pitcher, and, and people will say, oh man, you're, that's some old dinosaur. That's some old, um, yeah, yeah. That's some old, you know, they call it a, uh, what do they call that for, for baseball? Um, you know, that's a traditionalist view. You know, okay, that's not yeah, the yeah. modern view. Right, right. But the question, this is what, can, but this is what gets me. All right. Is that we, we bring back to what you were saying about the specialization of, yeah. of sports. And it really has, because back in football, back in the day, same thing. Players would play both ways, offense yeah. and defense. Now they're like every, you know, positions like I'm only, this guy's only to be used on third downs and passing situations. I'm, the, I'm a long snapper. Exactly. I'm That's... only for long snapping. I'm only for this. I uh. only do that. Same thing in pitching. Now baseball is a guy who's like, you only use this left-handed pitcher in the sixth inning in the month of June against a right-handed, you know, <laughs> guy that was born on, you know, in the 1980s or something. Like yeah, it's yeah. so specialized. Uh, it's yeah. crazy now. Um, but but uh, but the the question that I have is the question where I'm trying to go with this is uh, is that if the looking at baseball it is and they're talking about getting rid of the designated hitter or, or adding the designated hitter in the National League for next year. In fact, they almost did it for this current season right, with this right. Corona situation. Um, but just imagine this, and I'll imagine this for the viewer at home watching this: is that if the if the specialization increases, what's to stop teams now going forward? Okay, what's to stop teams now for going forward saying? We want a designated hitter for our second baseman. We want a designated hitter for our shortstop because yeah. they're not good hitters either. They're more mm. known for their defense, right? Because you know, they, because we they have Why so not? many pitchers and so many specialized pitchers. Now all of a sudden they have um, now now all of a sudden they have uh, you know, specialized defenders now. Guys yeah. are only defenders, and right. so now you've got these major league teams that are like seventy roster size yeah. and guys that are only playing. Short. Oh, I only play defense. I only play offense. Right. Imagine that's the same. Like that's you know that going towards that. Like does it make? It, would that improve the as far as? Would it make better, you know, elite defenders and also elite hitters? Sure, it would. But it would be it more. Would it be more fun to watch? Right. Would it really be that much more fun to watch? It's the trade-offs in abilities, like you know, which which you know that you have to factor in for every team, which makes it interesting, which yeah. makes it you know, which gives it that dynamic of. Uh, you know, a schoolboy row hitting his own walk off, whereas Dizzy could barely bunt the ball. You know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, you know, like our advantage is like Dizzy's the best pitcher, but we got a guy that can hit and pitch. So, like, our, you know, we actually have a better chance. You know what I mean? Like that. That's what I'm trying to say. So, I just think that you know the next step. I mean, it's the next. If you're talking, you know, like if you're, if you're talking about like the you know the next step of the game, you know, it, it, it might sound crazy that to say, oh, there's a designated hitter for a second baseman, but. You know, crazy, record crazy. this episode. Yeah, remember, yeah, yeah, I said yeah, yeah. it first. So, so anyways, <laughs> we're yeah, so game six, right? Where game we? six. Uh, so the Tigers, you know, Tigers, uh, Tigers are ahead you know, going into game six, and in Detroit, and uh, Paul Dean beats Schoolboy Row to even the series. Ah. Um, again, so like I say, Paul Dr- Dean drives in the winning run in the seventh inning. And so uh, it brings up Game Seven, which you know, of course, I mean, needs really no introduction. Game Seven, the final game. Uh, where's um, it? Where are they playing? In Detroit. Okay, stays in Detroit. So I guess it does need a little introduction. It's in Detroit. <laughs> so, <laughs> game Seven. Told, everything's on the line. Um, prior to the game, prior to the game, the uh, the Cardinals manager Frankie Frisch, she's also their second baseman. See, that's something back in the day they did everything. Guys, the second baseman manager. Tigers had Mickey Cochran, a catcher, and their manager. Yeah. Um, it's, so they had two player managers battling against each other in the game. You know, it's just that's just tremendous. So, uh, so anyways, in this game, the Frankie Frisch, the manager for the Cardinals, announces prior to the game that um, and I forget his first name, Hallahan is his last name, the pitcher Hallahan, uh, that Hallahan is going to start in Game Seven, right? Old Hanrahan. Yeah, all yeah. So, he, he, so Hallahan is going to start, and Auker is going to start for the Tigers. And so Dizzy Dean had pitched uh, two days before, two days prior, and so he's you know. Two days is kind of short notice to bring a pitcher back for another game. Usually, you'd like to get you know at least three or four. Right. Uh, World Series is not uncommon for somebody to go two, three games in between pitching. But anyways, so they it's like the ultimate fake out because because it's not Hallahan starting for Game Seven. It's Dizzy, Dizzy uh. right? And they only announce that like it, it's in the Tigers only find that out when Dizzy Dean is actually on the mound. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. like, wait, going, wait, what are you wait, doing? Wait, 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 wait. 
Yeah, they're like, what are you doing? Are you warming up the guys? What yeah. are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, and he's like, no, I'm about to beat you guys. He goes, don't worry. <laughs> he says something along the lines of like, don't worry, it'll be over soon. Oh. Don't worry, it'll be over soon. So uh, yeah. So anyways, and so um, and he wasn't and he wasn't wrong because the Tigers get absolutely destroyed Ugh. in Game Seven, and this is which brings back to what the you know what that lady was saying to me at that art show about how devastating of a loss this was because it wasn't like they just you know they they lost like three to two in the mm-hmm. ninth inning and by some by some such a close margin they were literally beaten in every facet of the game. In every single which way you could possibly get beaten, they make three errors. Oh. Uh, they, well, first of all, they lose the game eleven to nothing. Oof. Dizzy Dean's on the mound. Shut out. Yeah, a, at shut out home. at home. Game eleven to seven. nothing. Yes, and ah. not only that, but you have it's, it's, uh, three tiger three tiger errors. They make three errors, and not so not you know uh, JoJo White and Goose Gosling. Okay, they make errors, but Charlie Garinger. Yeah. Garner makes the third area, and his nickname is the Mechanical Man. This is a yeah. guy that ne- he's nicknamed that because of his because of his one of the one of the reasons is because of his elite fielding fielding ability at second base. Like he makes every play, and then here he is in the you know Game Seven of the World Series makes an error. You know, like this is you know, Charlie. So you know every single thing com- com- of component that can go wrong. They 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 burn through pitchers one after another. Eldon Ocker goes four, gives up four and runs. Schoolboy Rowe comes in, gives up two and runs. Chief Hogs that comes in gives up a run. Ugh. Tommy Bridges comes in and gives up two runs. I mean, they're just burning through pitchers that are just getting shelled. Um, they just they just get drubbed in every single. And then mm. to make matters to make matters even uglier is um, it, we you know we talked about an earlier uh, earlier episode is um, just mentioned it, but it's they call it the Medwick incident. And in this, it's in the sixth inning, and the Tigers are getting beat. I don't even know. Uh, it looks like it's like six to nothing at that mm. point. Um, but and there had been there already been a couple incidents where the tiger pit, tiger players had been spiked by card. In fact, uh, Mickey Cochran and uh, Schoolboy Rowe had both been spiked at one point or another and had to go to the after the game go to the hospital to get their wounds patched up or whatever. Oh, and so there'd already been sort of a couple other incidents leading up to this point. And then in the, and then in this, in, in the sixth inning, uh, uh, you know, Ducky Medwick, they call him Joe Ducky Medwick. He's a Hall of Famer, but it, you know, he's one of the best hitters on their team. Uh, spikes Marbone at, uh, at third base, spikes him. And the Tigers are getting pounded at home, and this guy cuts you know cuts this guy's legs off from underneath him at third base, mm. and it just it just t- takes the frustration of that day, and you know now they actually have a face to put to their anger, you yeah. know, and it's this Ducky Medwick, and so he so after the inning's over. Um, the, the Medwick returns to his position in left field, and the fans wanted like they were just showering him with everything <laughs> they could, anything that they could possibly get their hands on. They were throwing stuff. That's at like him. the bleacher creatures, just yeah. not happy. And so it was, it was, it was. Un- he couldn't even take his position, and they could not calm this. I mean, there's this throng of humanity that they have in left field. Uh, they've actually built these temporary bleachers that held fifteen thousand fans. Oh my god! I mean, there's fifteen thousand fans up in this section, and they're oh. and they're just they had built special bleachers for this one World Series game, and there's just I mean, it's just this, this you know furious mob that are just pelting the field with all this stuff. Oh. And so Commissioner Landis removes Medwick from the game. The he commissioner, actually, you know, Commissioner removes the player. Like oh, they can't man. calm the fans down, <clears throat> and they remove the player from the game. And he's like, what, the Medwick's like, what do you? What did I do? You know. <laughs> Like, what did I do to get removed from this game? Yeah. And they're like, look, if we don't remove you from this game, it's never going to end. Right. These fans are irate, right? Yeah. And so – You um, might want to head to the bus now. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were they were that mad. So, um, you know, so you can see this. You know, that that alone shows you the emotion at this moment yeah. where, like, they know the season's over. Yeah. They know it's over. They know this incredible season has ended by their team just getting shellacked. And in mm. their minds, they're thinking to themselves, like, you know – are, you know, was this, you know, the national media narrative at that moment is that the Tigers were really just had gotten lucky that year. They'd captured lightning in a bottle. Teams were on it, you know, didn't expect them. They were stayed healthy. They were, you know, they sort of got lucky, I guess. Yeah. And so the fans and themselves, you know, they're, you know, they might go, no, no, our team's awesome. We're going to come back next year. But you don't know that. No. You don't know that. This could have been their one chance. Yeah. In their, in their three chances prior, 1907, 1908, 1909, they hadn't been to the World Series since then. Yeah. Would there not be a World Series until oh. 1968 again? You know, like 20 years. <laughs> You know, following the same pattern, so you can see the frustration of these, you know, of the of the moment and how they're, you know, you know, they're throwing stuff on the field. Of course, that shows one way, but just that, you know, following the game, the disappointment, you know, where where it's like, you know, you know, they won the American League pennant. That's great, the American League championship, but 
you know, and they wanted a World Series. Yeah, <laughs> did you have anything about Mickey's reaction afterwards? I know, we know what he says in, in spring training next yeah, year. Yeah, you know, I, off the top of my head, I don't. Yeah. I'm sure I could I'm probably dredge something up out of the quotes in the back because there's a ton of quote, like, you know, season quotes at the end of the book. But, yeah. but uh, he, he tri- you know, usually he went hunting in the offseason, yeah. calmed his nerves because he was so intense. Like, yeah. he was just such an intense character that. He'd have to go out into like Wyoming to go hunting for like the usually like the off season to right. just get away from baseball because it was you know it just consumed him when he was playing. But uh, yeah, no, but I mean his thing, you know, his thing was if you know, of course, going into thirty five is like you know it was it was that same Mickey Cochran that redirected these people's minds and being like. You know, we may have, you know, we went to the world, just like I said last year, we went to the World Series this year, we're winning it. You know, yeah. like this year, this is our, we're, we're winning the World Series this year. And so, you know, that redirected these Tigers fans from this sense of like grief to a sense of like the great expectations, sure. you know, the great expectations of 1935 saying, you know, this is a new year. We're going to do it this year. You know, now it's, now it's like, now we know what we have. Now we can really get behind these guys mm-hmm. and you know, going to spring training and getting excited about the team. But so, sports are on the rise here in Detroit. Yeah. 34 is, is bubbling up, right? Yeah. So you got Garwood doing some amazing stuff. You got the, the Tigers now do had, had yeah. an amazing season. Yeah. The, the, the big thing was the, the Lions. The, the big thing was the, was the, it was actually the arrival of the Lions in 1934. Yeah. You know, with, you know, along the So way, was that was, like in the midst of, uh, this season? That yeah. The Lions so got yeah. There? The Lions, when the Lions came, again, we, you know, the Lions, uh, they, uh, they came from Portsmouth, Ohio. Uh-huh. Um, and they were a tremendous team in Portsmouth. They're, they were, you know, Portsmouth, you know, like, just like Green Bay was <laughs> it's a just small funny town. to hear somebody say the Lions were a tremendous team. Well, they were, you know, they were the, they were the Portsmouth Spartans, and they were a tremendous. So they had you had the. Uh, it's just funny to hear. I'm yeah, just no, making Detroit yeah, I, jokes. No, I get you. I get you, man. I know it's <laughs> it's sad. You know it is sad, but um, it's just going to make that uh, the, the when they do win a championship yeah. at some point, it's going to make it that much greater. I mean, this city is probably this city is going to explode, man. Sure. The Lions win the, the the Super Bowl. Come on, it's going to be like the greatest party this city's ever seen. So yeah, so we'll next time we'll talk about the the 35 Tigers, the team themselves, and yeah. then after that we'll get we'll get on to the Lions after that. One. Yeah, so that's what's Lions, coming up in the next episode. It's all two fun, episodes. man. They're such great stories. The, the, yeah. the Lions, the, the Lions is like, man, I can't, wait. I can't, I can't wait for all of it. I look yeah. forward to it because it's it's fun. They, there's so much, uh, you know, and it's I think it's you know integral, you know, really you know sheds light on like who we are, you know, how we got here, yeah. how these teams, you know, where the Tigers, you know, like this is really like you know where we, you know, the, the mania that came in these seasons kind of it almost shows just. The kind of mania that we have, you know, yeah. in the 68 and 84 and these other big seasons that the, the team has. All right. So next time is going to be great expectations. Great we're expectations. Look at the, the we're going to look at the team. Tigers, yep. And then from there, uh, we'll move on and, and start talking about the, t- the, the Lions, Lions themselves yep. and them getting into the city. Because uh, we're going to save like the three winning yeah, well, for yeah. later on. We're yeah. going to dive into the teams yeah, and we'll get we're, to those winning Yeah, so if anybody's games. watching, you know, we, we, you know, we, don't, we lead up to these, to these events, to the 35 World Series, the 35 NFL Championship, the Joe Lewis greatest fight in 1935 yeah um you know the big of the, the the defining moments of each of these teams year we want to put them all at the at together uh at, at the end because because they happen in such a short amount of time yeah you know they happen in such a condensed time frame and that's how i wanted to cover i wanted yeah. somebody to be able to watch each episode or you know or maybe even watch one episode where we just you know ramble through them all real quick and then break because i because that was that was one of the biggest things with these books yeah is that the story of the city of champions or the story of detroit sports has always been told in piecemeal fashion sure. the history of the tigers the history of the lions the history of the red wings yeah. and a lot of times we're like oh i only care about the tigers so that's all i want to read but as we're as you're you know i, I hope the viewers starting to see and people are starting to see is that you know these stories are really all intertwined with yeah. each other you know with, uh, yeah. the, with the lions coming to detroit you know the nfl sees an opportunity to take advantage of the the, the new enthusiasm of, of the, the renaissance of baseball and they named the team the lions based on the tigers they want yeah. to keep it the, with the jungle theme um, and you know, name their bet. They nicknamed their their marketing their 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 best player Dutch Clark as the the Thai Cobb of football. I mean, these are not coincidences. They're trying to associate with the wildly popular Tigers to establish an NFL team. Whereas three NFL attempts in Detroit had failed. Yeah. You see, that's what I'm saying. Like the it's the, understanding the the uh you know the how these all these teams intersect in this story is essential for understanding you know Detroit sports history. I, I would I would I would go so far as to say that. You know the the autos and manufacturing, and then the music Motown and all the other music that we have, uh, and then this year in sports is what 
creates the soul of the city. 100%. It really, yeah. I, think, I think it's critical it, to understanding why, yeah. you know, people say Detroit's soul, and this is like a third of it. Absolutely. It, right here in this yeah. year. That's like I say, I've said it before, like the idea, it's like trying to understand why Detroit's the motor city without mentioning Henry Ford. Yeah. You can't do, you try explaining the history of Detroit as the autos, as the, you know, as the motor city. But you're not allowed to mention Henry Ford, yeah. or you're, or you, you know, maybe you can kind of briefly reference him, but you're not allowed to emphasize him in the story of the Motor City. It's impossible. Yeah. In the same concept with with Motown, with music, you're allowed to talk about tell say that Detroit's Motown, but you're not allowed to talk about Mo, uh, Motown, you know, the where you know the the actual Motown itself or yeah. Barry Gordy or any of these other. Like, how can you mm. do that? It's impossible. You yeah. you lose everything. Same with Detroit sports. Why are we such diehard fans yeah. here? I mean, every few years Detroit is ranked by the Right, like, uh, you know, just I think it was 2014. Detroit was ranked by the Associated Press as um, the is the greatest sports town in America. You know, yeah. they, they, they trades hands, and we're not absolutely the greatest sports town, but you know, they but we're rec- regarded as one of the great sports oh, yeah. towns, and we there's certainly an affinity that we tell everybody that we're the greatest sports fans around. We take pride in that. You know, we, we view that as one of our great identities. But, the, you know, but we don't talk about the fact that we won 33 championships in the same season or that all three of our favorite teams won their first championships in the same season or that Joe Lewis, who's one of the most impactful um, you know, did you know one of the most you know, broke like Jackie Robinson breaking color barriers? You know, Joel, there, Jack, Jackie Robinson himself said there would be you know I would not have had my opportunity in baseball if it wasn't for Joe Lewis in boxing. Uh. And Joe Lewis comes out of 19, Detroit in 1934 and 35. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say is like this story intersects all of it. His story yeah. is. Um, it's in, it's it's important, you know. And I say and so, we we were diving deep into yeah. the stories, but really, honestly, we're just scratching the surface. There's yeah. so much. Yeah, you, this is like a seven year labor of love for you. Yeah, uh, Detroit City of Champions. Uh, the pod, the podcast, uh, the website is. Oh my yeah for my for the website for the books DetroitCityOfChampions.com easiest okay. website in the world if you talk yeah. about Detroit City you type in Detroit City of Champions it's <laughs> like the first thing that comes up yeah so there you go so DetroitCityOfChampions.com and then uh, give us a like like subscribe leave a comment we appreciate it uh, you can email us there's ways to get a hold of us off of the uh, Detroit City of Champions website and then of course Facebook and that too yeah Facebook got that thing going yeah what is the, what's the face is it the, it's, it's bring is it uh, it's Detroit City of Champions mm-hmm. on there isn't it yeah yep. okay good yep. So there you go. So uh, we'll be back next week with more and uh, some great expectations. Great expectations. All right.